0: Hey, thank you. you guys doing okay on on the day that that doesn't matter uh leap day is like it's a weird day. who' just awed? It doesn't count like whatever you do today, good or bad, won't matter tomorrow. It seems like it doesn't exist um hey, thanks, Marley. That was really good. Yeah, we are gonna talk about um sin tonight. Um, so I'm actually really stoked about it. One big reason, um, I'm excited for it is because something we try to do at Rally is we try and, um, help y'all small groups. Basically like that's the whole point of Rally. Um, and I would probably, if someone was like, Hey, would you put money on this bet that, at least once in each small group this year, like sin has been brought up. Like I w- would anybody like bet against that? Cause I'll bet you right now. Like I think that's probably been brought up, right? Um, and so that to me, this is so important. And so what we want to do with Rally is is kind of come alongside small group leaders and small group members and basically say, hey, here's some, here's some like either like more or some like solidifying or, or um, proving or, or whatever. Teaching in regards to stuff that y'all are like thinking about asking questions about all that type of thing Does that make sense? Um, so that's kind of what I want tonight to be. So I'm really pumped about it Um So th- this is how tonight's gonna look, okay, we're gonna do we're gonna talk And you already know what it's about. It's about sin And so what I want y'all to do, I want y'all to take notes um, and then I also want you to write down questions, because after um, we get done talking, we're going to do like a and r like question and response time. Um, I like saying it that way, because I don't always have an answer for something, but I always have a response to something. And uh, so we're going to do that after. So I want y'all to like bring your questions up and ask them after the fact. Does that make sense? Is that cool? Okay. Hey, guys, we're talking about sin. Let's get over it, okay? Like, let's get excited, wake up. We're in a different place. Do we need to stand up and, like, do jumping jacks? We will. We can. Okay. Um, So so that's what this is going to look like. Does that make sense? Okay, cool. Um, Okay, so here's the deal. We're talking about sin. That's the bad news. But this is the real bad news. Are you all ready? Okay. God is in a pickle, okay, God is in a pickle, he has problems, and he's trying to figure out what to do about them, he has his work cut out for him, okay, and he didn't get himself there, okay, somebody else got him into these problems, okay, and so we're going to talk about what those four problems are, and, and then we're going to find out if he maybe has an, an answer, like a solution, okay, does that sound good, okay, okay, I'm going to pray real quick. Jesus, we love you. God, um, yeah, we just need you. Um, I've been praying for, for this night for a few days now. Um, we had um, many people praying for it this morning, Lord God, and so I just pray for each heart that's here tonight, God, that they would, that they would hear your voice. Lord, that you would um, use me and that we would be able to clear um, up misconceptions. And then ultimately, God, we don't, we don't want to just talk about sin. We want to talk about the answer. Uh, we want to talk about who you are, God. And so I just pray that after this, that everybody would leave with hope and that they would leave with a more clear picture of who you are um, and, and what you're really like, God. We love you and you're going to pray. Amen. Um, cool. Okay. So problem number one, are you all ready? Did y'all know God had more than one problem? He has four. Okay. The first one is this. It's God is in love with a death row inmate. Okay. God is in love with a death row inmate. You could call that a governmental problem. He has an issue on his hand. And the only real way to kind of sort this out is to find a way to remove the consequences of death for the violated that he loves. Okay. He wants so much for this person not to have to die okay that's what he he wants this person to not die okay but he can't just do that because that would uproot all justice right so god loves us but just like okay so the death row inmate was each one of us god loves you god loves me god loves us but we're responsible for where we're at okay each one of us is responsible for where we're at we can't point the finger at someone else and god can't in good justice let us off the hook just like that. He can't just be like, oh, I love you. You're off the hook. Isn't that cool? Like, that would be, oh, well, you we think that would be cool, but that would actually be really detrimental to all the universe. So, he can't just let us off the hook or forgive our sins without some issues arising, okay? Like, it, like you can't just let someone free. You can't just pardon someone, okay? There are a lot of really, really big problems that happen with that, okay? So, God is not a pushover. But he loves us, okay? So that's his first one. That's his governmental problem. The second one is that man has completely misplaced God entirely. God, man hardly even knows what God is really like anymore, okay? This is, you could call this like the personal problem. Like God is not even seen. He's kind of he's thought of as this like misty cloud or like an old man with a beard or my grandpa, or something like that. Like, God is not always thought of in the correct way, okay? So this is one of God's problems. And so the answer to that would be, or, or I guess like a, what he wants to happen is that he would reveal himself to man, okay? So that man could have a right view of who he is, okay? So we, we desperately need God to show us who he really is and what he's really like, and no longer have... Um, like like misconceptions or here's what you know here's what heather thinks god is and here's what i think god is and we're both really happy with that right does that make sense um at the end of of 1 corinthians it says if if christ had not risen from the dead then we are false witnesses of who god is and so i think a lot of times when we say oh i think god is this way he he just wants to forgive you he he wants to let you off the hook that actually is saying That's actually being a a false witness of of who God actually is. It would be like if I was like, hey, this dude, he's skinny, he's weak, and he has incredibly straight hair. And this is Luke. Like, Like that is not any of those things do not describe what he looks like. That would be a false witness of who he is, right? Does that make sense? So God is a certain way. But we just don't know what that is all the time. We want it to be this. We want it to be that. We want it to be this, whatever. Um, So so we really need like a a correct view of who he is, okay? Do y'all think, do y'all think, um, do y'all think that God is loving? Some of y'all? Okay. Why? Why do you think that? Any ideas? Y'all just think it? You're just born that way? What? Bible says what? God is love, right? Yeah. Bible says God is love. Yes. Correct. Thank you, Louisiana. I can always count on you. Um, Okay. Do y'all think that God is, so he's full of love, right? Do y'all think that he's full of hate? Sometimes. Some nods, but they're not sure. Some like, I hope not. Some yeses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, okay. So, so God, God actually is full of hate, okay? Just as he is infinitely loving. There's no Bible verse that says God is hate, because that would be a horrible one to put on a T-shirt, but maybe we should make them. Um, God is full of hate. Just as he's infinitely loving, he's infinitely hateful. The last thing, this is the one thing that God is not. He is not apathetic. He doesn't just say, oh, whatever. Um, he's, just not, he's just not that way. He's deeply hurt and grieved when we sin. And so man has this wrong idea of who God is, and, that, and that's one of God's problems. Does this make sense? Okay, cool. Okay, the next one. Uh, man's pride... So this is another one of God's problems. It's man's pride has been king so long that he has completely wrong view of himself in the grand scheme of things. Actually, man believes that the world revolves around him, right? And this is like a hypocritical problem, okay? And God God wants to reveal man to himself, kind of hold up a mirror and say, hey, here's what you actually look like. You're not as blank as you think you are, right? Maybe you're not as good as you think you are. Maybe you're not as smart as you think you are. Hey, maybe you're actually not as bad as you think you are. Um, But the, the, the purpose of this is to say, hey, God needs us to recognize and say, the world actually revolves and the whole universe actually revolves around something bigger than me. It actually revolves around God. And the truth of that is like pretty incredible that we could forget that. We need to be humbled. We need to see the truth about ourselves. It's, it's kind of like if you, if you, like, look in a mirror and you're like, oh, hey, you know what? Actually, this shirt doesn't look as good as I thought it did, right? Like, like I would want to know that. Um, and, and, and sometimes I think with God, it's like, God, I don't actually want to know what's true. I just want you to say the nice things, right? And that's just kind of like, that's, so that's one of his problems. Um, yeah. Romans twelve three, 3, um, it says this. It says, for I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of his faith. So what this, you could call this humility, right? Humility, like a sober sense of reality. It's seeing things for what they really are, but truthfully, it's seeing things for how God actually sees them. And that's, that's one of this is not a common practice, okay? So this is one of God's problems. And this is the one we're going to talk about kind of most um, tonight. Um, and I'm going to delve deep, deeper into it, and then we'll come back to the fourth one, and then we'll find out, we'll see if God has any solutions to any of these things, okay? So in, in this one, in, in, for us to see ourselves for what we really are, that's why we're talking about sin tonight, okay? Because we want to see not only how we can see ourselves but how God actually looks at us okay and when we talk about sin it's this like ginormous weighty thing right but the fact is um the reason it's so weighty isn't because you did it um or or you did it the reason it's weighty sin is weighty word to me is because i did it right like i've put myself in this position okay and so we're going to look at some we're going to look at what sin is not first, and then we're going to look at what sin is. And And I think it's important as we look at what sin is not, to to each one of these things is kind of going to be like a against a misconception of what it is. Okay, so we're going to look at what sin is not. Does that make sense? And it's really easy, and this is like, this is what I'm hoping from tonight, guys. Hey, some of us, and I'll say this again later, but like some of us need to, we need to hear this and 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 hear it for the first time and really see it for what it really is, okay? Some of us need to hear this again so that we can believe it, and then some of us need to help teach this to other people, okay? I'm not saying and some of us might be in one or two or three of those different areas, okay? But this isn't a time, okay, hey man, Charles is talking. I'm I'm ready for this to be over. It's quiet in here. My shoes squeak. Um like all that type of thing. But I want y'all to take like really take notes on this, because it's really easy, and this is something that I I was, we were laughing a few days ago, I was like, dude, I could just come up here, I could say this in my sleep, I've said this a million times, I've probably said this in my sleep, like woken myself up saying what sin isn't, uh, because it's, it's been so important to me, and I want it to become so important to you, because this is such a big deal, y'all, okay, and it's going to be really simple, so we're going to talk about what sin is not, it's so easy, because it's not, A few things, and each one of them starts with the letter S, okay? It's very easy to remember this, okay? So the first one is this, okay? Are y'all ready? Okay. It's spicy. It's going to be spicy, okay? You don't like spicy? Oh, okay, perfect. Sin is not a substance, okay? Sin is not a substance. This is... The common understanding that sin, hey, you know what? When I was born, I was sinful. When I, my, my, or, or like my flesh is sinful, okay? So like that means that this stuff right here is where the sin hangs out. But my soul or my spirit, that's the good part, okay? Like that's the part that they're very separate. They're, they're not tied together in any way, right? And if that was true, that'd be really awesome Because then everybody could basically just get saved after we find and target that little sin molecule inside you and laser it out. And then you're no longer sinful. Like that would be awesome. But that's just not true. Okay. Um, (laughs) your flesh is not like the sinful part of you. And then, and then everything else is good. Okay. Um, if, if it, This is like, this is like, goes all the way back to, to like the Roman empire. Like Greek thought brought this stuff in saying that like your flesh is bad. Your body is bad. So one day you're not going to have a body and you're going to be in heaven. Like all that stuff is, it's not true. Ezekiel 18, we're not going to like look at it for real. I'm going to say like a bunch of scriptures. I'm going to say a bunch of stuff. Like, please write them down and look at them yourself because I don't want you to take my word for this. I'm presenting this to you guys. But I want you to, like, make this your own. The reason that I can say this in my sleep is because I've studied this for a long time. I've looked into these scriptures. I've read what the Bible says. I've read it in the context. I've read the different books, like, all these different things. And you can do this, too. And it's, it's worth it. Like, this isn't just like, oh, I wonder if, I don't know, like, the moon is real. Like, it's, it doesn't, like, this is something that actually matters, okay? Uh, I don't not think the moon is real, but Timmy and I were talking about it earlier. Uh, so Ezekiel 18, the whole chapter basically says this, God will not hold the children accountable for the sins of the father. Okay. God will not hold the children accountable for the sins of the father. So if your mom's a sinner, a lot of people would say, well, then that means I'm a sinner. If that was true, if it was a substance, she passed it down. Sin is hereditary, right? But if God says he's not going to do that. And then later on in that chapter, he says the soul that sins will die. The soul that sins will die, not the flesh, not the sinful part in your arm, not the blood transfusion that you need to get. But like the sin inside of your of your soul will cause you to die. Okay. This idea crept in into the world, at least in in that Greek thought. And then it's it's crept and crept and crept into like Christian thinking church um, more outside of the Bible and more like in philosophy um and that's just like it's not a good way to do it okay it's not like a good way to look at this you guys have probably heard like well um i was born a sinner or it's just human nature to sin right um but actually it's not a substance um the in for real like look into this uh the bereans and acts they were told different things and then they searched the scriptures diligently to see if they were true I don't want you to just be like, oh, what Charles said. Like, I want you to know what the Bible says and say, hey, this is what is real, okay? This is a question for y'all, not necessarily rhetorical. Do you think that man is born with the ability to obey God's laws? So, God's laws being don't murder, um, don't steal. Let's just use those two. For example, do you think that, that you're born with the ability To obey that. Yeah. Okay. Corey says yes, so I believe it when it comes to law. Um, Okay. If we were born with the inability to obey God's God's laws, then what? Wouldn't it be kind of like wacky or like drama king for God to be mad at me for not obeying him, right? Like like that would be really unfair and he'd kind of have like his own set of problems that he needed to deal with. Like, I don't, why would God get mad at me if I couldn't even obey him in the first place? I, I, have, a, I have an awesome dog, um, and I have never once, like, beat him in punishment because I asked him to unload the dishwasher, and he didn't do it. You know what I'm saying? He's five years old, and he still can't do it. And, I'm, and I've never once beat him or punished him or even really been upset or even thought differently of him because he didn't unload the dishwasher or he didn't, um, like, put my kids to bed or something like that. Like, like I I don't expect that out of him because he's unable to do those things, right? And so if, if God were to be upset at us because, hey, it just so happens that you can't actually obey me, he would kind of be off his rocker, right? So um, in Romans chapter 5, this is kind of where this gets... This is kind of why people think this. In Romans 5, verse 12, it says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus spread to all men, because all sinned. Okay? So it's basically saying that that one man, can you all take a guess who that is? Adam. Yes. Okay, Adam. Okay, Adam, when he sinned, he actually did create an incredibly um, like a really, really bad precedent for each and every one of us, and all and all people through all history. He basically said, "Hey, if you want, you can disobey God," instead of saying, "Hey, if you want, you can obey Him." Adam set this ex- influence and in this example for us to be able to fo- follow. But then later on in this chapter, it says, um. In verse 18, Romans chapter 5, verse 18, it says, Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in the justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Okay? That means... Does this, does this make sense? That means that, that this, is, this is the question that I have for you. Which is, more, which is the most important and influential act in all of history? Was it the sin of Adam or was it the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus? Which one was more influential, do you all think? I mean, I, I would say so. That's what actually has real power in it, and that's the thing that I put my hope in. And that's the thing that, that I believe will save us from our sins. And so when we talk about this and we put our, our flesh or the sin of substance up on kind of a pedestal, we basically are saying, hey, it's actually stronger than, than the death in the blood of Jesus. Okay? So this is a dangerous place to, to not care about. Okay? Um, so sin is not a substance. Okay, sin is not a sickness. If y'all have questions, write them down. Um, sin is not a sickness, okay? This is 2024's most important one, okay? This is this is bigger. This is a bigger deal to y'all um, now than it was um, when I was in college, okay? Um, sin is not a sickness. Sin is not a sickness. Say it. Sin is not a sickness, okay? So, there's a lady. We've all heard this story. She's drowning her kids in the bathtub, right? What do we call that? She's not doing it right now. We'd stop her if she was. Right. Sick in the head, what? Mentally ill, right? Have you all heard this? Okay. No amount of Pfizer vaccine or Tylenol is going to cure that out of her head. Does that make sense? This is, this, that, the real truth of the matter is that there's wickedness in her heart, okay? There's wickedness in her heart. If she's doing this, and she knows what she's doing, and you can't plead insanity, that's, that's different. Like, there are small, tiny cases that that happens, but the amount of times that this happens where it's a, it's a calculated thing. You can't, you can't just, like, take that away, okay? So it's not a sickness. The real, the real reason is this wickedness. And so we say this. She didn't wake up one day and just say, oh, you know what? My kids are really making me mad. I'm going to, you know, they're out of here. Um, she, she's like, it's, like a, it's like a slow thing that leads to this grand gesture, okay? Does that make sense? So, so we say this. Sin leads to more sin. Sin leads to worse sin, when you, like, like y'all kind of reacted kind of like, okay, this is not okay. If he's talking about this lady drowning their kids, like, y'all's reaction was good. Like, some of these girls look horrified, and, and I was grateful for that. If you learn this, and, and, but, but, you, but you reacted that way because that would, be, that would be something that you would hate, right? Like, you would hate to know that that's happening. And that's what we're talking about. This is something... As you, as you grow in recognizing that, that this isn't just a sickness, I'm not just sick, like, I woke up and caught some sin, and now I'm doing the bad things. Like, like this is something that I, need, that I actually need to hate. That That is what God does. Like, he hates this. And, and it's not something that he's, like, playing around with. He's not something that he's just kind of, okay, that's what's up. You're just, hey, I understand. You know, like, he has compassion, but he's not just cool with the way that we're acting, okay? Um, I think a a good example of this would be, do you all know what um, Jesus' last name was? Anybody? What? Joseph's son? Yeah, that's actually probably it. A lot of people think it's Christ, right? Um, That's actually not true. It wasn't. Mary and Joseph Christ had Jesus and his brother James Christ. Um, but what does Christ mean? Do y'all know? What does Christ mean? Messiah, yeah. So what does that mean? An- anointed. It actually means anointed, okay? Good guess, though. Um, and so there's there's one place. there's There's many places that Jesus is called the Messiah or Christ, but there's one place where it's actually described why he's anointed. Isn't that crazy? Like, Like, he was actually anointed for a purpose, okay? And it's in in the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. It says this, um, but to the Son, he, God, the Father, says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. And he says this, You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. Jesus both loved the things that God loved and hated the things that God hates right he did both of those things he he was against sin he recognized that it wasn't just hey you know what you need some you might need some ibuprofen you're going to get better one day like no he understood that this was something a deliberate choice not just a sickness and he and he lived that way so over the past about like 125 years or so, sin has basically, and this is why I said this is like for y'all, this is like the most important one, because even in the last like 15 to 20 years, sin has basically disappeared from like social conversation. Most of the time we spend, most of the time we spend trying to say why it's okay that you're living the way that you're living instead of saying, hey, it's actually not that good that I'm living this way, how can I stop, okay? How can I stop doing this? And, and, and so this is, this is, it's crept into, well, it's actually not just crept into, it's, it's basically the driving factor of most um, psychology and psychiatry at this point, where sin is, is no longer called that. It's, it's, explained away by chemicals or by your, uh, the way that you were gr- grown up or something like that, it, it, it explains all away, all personal responsibility. And that is a very, very, very dangerous place to be. Whether you believe this or not, hey, I can't help it, or hey, I can't help it. Regardless, one day we're all going to be held accountable for everything that we knew was wrong and yet still did. Okay. We are going to be held accountable for everything that we knew was wrong and yet still did. This is a shift in, in, in this, like, past century um, from man being guilty, okay, to man being helpless, okay? And, and, the, and the truth is actually that you're not helpless. The truth is that each one of us is guilty, and that's not fun to hear you don't pay a bunch of money for someone to tell you that, but that would actually probably save you a lot of money if, like, someone told you that every once in a while. I loved that story that Marley, wherever she went, um, told that her friends were beginning to do this for her because they loved her. They were saying, hey, actually, maybe don't do this. And I, I've had the same experience where, where my friends don't say, hey, it's okay you You totally should be this way, you grew up in this family, you grew up in this situation, you this, 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 you this, 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 no, 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 like they all told me the truth, and they showed me and helped me see the truth was that Charles was guilty, you know what I'm saying and and that is like an actually incredibly harsh, hurtful, but freeing thing that that and, and I'm so grateful for it, so um guilty, not not helpless. Um, we become, if we, if we think we're helpless, then we think, then we basically become the victim of the sickness of sin. Okay. We become the victim of the sickness of sin. And that is not somewhere that God wants us to be. Okay. Um, if we dismiss this and call it something else, we do a disservice to that person. If my friends had just, had just said that, that actually would have been loving towards me. It was less confrontational. It was less, I want to fight them, but it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been as loving. And so this is, this is a really, really important thing to do. Um, does that make sense? Okay. Cool. So sin is not a substance. Sin is not a sickness. Sin is not a slip. Okay. This one's pretty easy. Um, you don't um, slip on the banana, the sin banana peel, and then all your clothes fall off, and all her clothes fall off, and you end up in bed together. Okay, there is no such thing as that. Um, it, it's all it's all on purpose. Okay, uh, it's not a slip. I didn't mean to that that like I love this. I've I've said this a million times. Christopher knows, but like, if you're driving, and 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 you're like, you, someone cuts you off, and then you say like beep 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 beep, you know something something. And you're like, like, what do you say? I'm so sorry I didn't mean to do that, right? But what do you mean? I'm so sorry I didn't want you to see that in me, right? It's not a slip, okay? This is this is who I actually am, but I let my guard down for a second because I was scared or mad or something like that. Um, so what this is, sin is is like step after step after step. And so what it looks like, practically instead of the banana peel being there you know you you know you're not supposed to do this thing and so or go to this you know let's say you go to this party this party's like bad news and and this guy that's there he's bad news and you're like okay i'm going to go over here and like while you're getting dressed and while you're getting ready to go you kind of have this thought like stop don't keep going out of bounds and then you get to the party and then you like look around and you like see the girl and then you like walk up to her and in, in your mind it's like, stop, warning, red flag, like stop, stop, stop. And you keep going through that stuff. And then you keep going, and you keep going, and you keep going. The whole time that that voice in your head is the Holy Spirit basically saying, This is not good. You are, you're not there yet, but you're fixing a sin. Like, like get back on the road. Like get back on the right way to be. Does that make sense? Okay, so it's not a slip. Um, it's not a status quo status quo, it's not, it doesn't need to be the normal way of life, okay, it doesn't need to be the normal way of life, unfortunately, we don't talk about this much, and we say that this is just normal, we say this is just human nature, right, Um, Michael Jackson talked about it, Um, that's a great song, but it's not natural, When you're sinning, your body starts to do things that that like is is bad. Like you can actually tell if someone's uh, not like every time, but you can tell if people are lying because their mouth dries out. You can tell like there's there's like better. There was this story. Nah, just crazy stuff. Okay, it's not natural. Um, when you sin, you get ulcers when you when you have anxiety, your stomach goes crazy um, all these different things like like all of that is not natural you're not supposed like are you supposed to be have peace or are you supposed to have ulcers you know what I'm saying like that that is the real question of what we're getting down to okay like is your stomach supposed to have ulcers or is it supposed to be healthy well it's supposed to be healthy so like you can't say the things that are causing it are good natural things for us does that make sense like like that that's kind of what if we're going to argue about that, that's kind of what we're getting into. Uh, when we don't believe this um, and we believe, oh, hey, this is just natural, this is just human nature, then we aren't pushing back darkness. We're, we're like, accepting it, okay? We're, we're, like, letting darkness become who we are. We're, we're being defined by it, giving excuses for people to live in a soft and, and wrong way versus living in, 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 like, the laws of God. Does that make sense? Okay. You guys okay? okay Jesus look Jesus didn't die Jesus came to save his people from their sin he didn't die so that we could kind of limp between from this shadow to the next shadow and get away and sneak around and, and be like creepy you know what I'm saying like he 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 really did the Bible says that he who has the son has life I love this example Jesus didn't die so that I could barely float above water, so that I could tomorrow I'm gonna sin. Oh, oh! T- today I'm not gonna sin that much. Okay, tomorrow I'm gonna be back into my sin, and for the next week, and then you know all this type of thing. He didn't. He didn't die for us to be able to live like that. To to be swallowing frantically, um, doggy paddling, and and treading water, going nowhere. Right. He actually died so that we could become uh, a part of the Coast Guard, and help other people get out of this. Through the power of God and have confidence and say, hey, look, life can be better, just stop. Right? Like, life can be better. Let me show you a better way. Does that make sense? He didn't he didn't just want us to kind of float through and, and be choking all the time, okay? I've heard it like when we talk about this stuff and it's not it's not the status quo, it's not normal. Oh, yeah, man, you're trying to be holier than the rest of us. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe if the rest of us is not holy and I'm trying to be holy and we aren't. Then yeah, okay, like that's fine. Like I'm okay with that. I'm not trying to be like, this is this is what we don't want to say. I'm not trying to be holier than Micah. Okay, I'm not trying to be holier than Corey. Jesus says, be holy as your father in heaven is holy. Not be more holy than your, you know, the person next to you. He says, be holy like God. That's what he actually wants. He wants you to be holy like God. He wants sin to no longer have dominion over you. Um, Romans six, uh, and John chapter eight says, basically, if you are, if you sin, you're a slave to sin. Okay. If you sin, then you're a slave to sin. Marley, Marley mentioned this earlier. Leonard Ravenhill says there's two types of people in the world. Those who are dead in sin and those who are dead to sin. Okay. So the status quo can be one or the other, but it doesn't just have to be dead in sin. Does that make sense? Like this, there is, there is possibility here. Cool. And then, uh, the last one is, uh, sin is not a suggestion. Okay. Um, this one's really important. Okay. Well, they're all important, but, um, I think this one and sickness are probably going to hit, uh, us right now, these days hard. Okay. Sin is not a suggestion. So just because I feel a certain way and I think this is what I, you know, okay, think about everybody that, everybody take a second. What What are you most um, tempted to do on a daily basis? Okay, sometimes it's going to be um, like greed. Sometimes it's going to be lust. Sometimes it's going to be lying. Sometimes it's going to be cheating. Sometimes it's going to be anger, like, like bitterness. Um, I am like, like the thing that I have to kind of say no to the most is bitterness in my heart, okay? It's been like this for, for years and years, and, um, and when I, I can kind of feel it creeping up, and I, can, and I can kind of see it coming from a long way off, and I, and I have the choice to, set, to embrace it and basically say, you know what, this person's the worst, blah, 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 or I can say, hey, I'm not going to think about that stuff. I'm going to think about Jesus. I'm going to think about something else, Right? The suggestion for me to think about being bitter is not sin in itself. Does that make sense? So temptation itself is not sin. The temptation for me to want to go do things I'm not supposed to or be with people I want to, I'm want, i not supposed to or whatever, like all of that basically is saying, and, and then for me to say, hey, I have to um, f- follow my heart or um, do what, I think I should do because I feel that way. That means I'm an animal. Okay? Animals do that. Instinct um, do that. Oh, um, you know, they, they do whatever they want to do. They do whatever is the best for them. They, they live selfishly technically, but they're not being selfish. They're just being instinctual. And to be human is to be able to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about this and then choose which one I'm going to do. Does that make sense? Like, like I am going to actually live as a human, not an animal. Um, And so it's not a suggestion, it's to live intelligently, okay? Um, G.K. Chesterton says, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop him from making a nest in your hat, okay? So when, you know, the sun was out today, um, but it was cold, okay? But the sun's out, it gets a little warmer, everybody's out they've been working hard all winter starting to show off a little bit of what they've been working, you know what I'm saying? And then you notice it and you're like, hey. Like that's a, like you're just going to notice it, okay? But if you go and that's all you think about, you can't you can't take your class seriously because you're so consumed with this burning desire to go see more, right? Or you go back in your room and you're thinking about it and you're kind of like, man, this is what I want, you know what I'm saying? That's, it's, you're, you're letting it make an um, a nest in, in your hat, right? If you just see this stuff, okay, like, like, react to these things properly, that's what we're talking about. Does that make sense? So, it's, sin is not a suggestion. It's a conscious decision to step over the line, to disobey that, hey, out of bounds and, and continue to go in that direction, okay? It's a volitional movement. You cannot control, sorry, you cannot Yeah, you can't control every thought that kind of pops up in your head, right? Um, But you can put every thought under the lordship of Jesus, okay? You can put every thought under the lordship of Jesus. So just because you thought of, hey, it'd be crazy if I did this horrific thing. Well, sometimes that doesn't even originate with you. Like there is a spiritual side to all of this. That there's like a spiritual enemy that is putting these things in our mind or bringing them up to us. But, but our reaction to these things is, is really important, okay? It's all about personal responsibility. Cool. Um, so, cool. That's what sin is not. Put it up one more time. That's what sin is not. Substance, sickness, lip, status quo, suggestion. And then we're going to talk about what sin is, okay? Sin is not S's. It's C's, okay? It's C's, like Chris um, calculated, not you. Um, it's calculated. Okay. We, and this is kind of, this is going to go a little bit quicker. Like we should spend more time on what sin is, but we basically just showed you what it's not. And each one of these is going to kind of react to one of those things. Does that make sense? So it's calculated. It's a refusal to serve God. It's obstinate. It means that, Hey, I'm the one who's making this decision to go and do this thing or you know what? Hey, I know she's going to be there. So I'm going to make sure that I get over there and be with this person that I don't need to be around, or I'm going to be rude or I'm going to be greedy or I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, oh, all of a sudden I was just so greedy. Like that's, that's not what we're talking about. Um, So it's, it's calculated. It's cruel. It's cruel. Sin always ruins what is good either now um, or tomorrow. Or ten years from now, or thirty years from now, or generations from now, your sin will always ruin what is good. When you sin, it has consequences. When you sin, the the Bible says that the devil comes to seek and kill and destroy. And when we choose to sin, we're si- we're taking his side. Okay, we steal, we kill, we destroy. And we can't just blame it on the devil anymore, because we're just saying, hey, I like what he's doing. I'm going to check that out. Okay. Um, so, so we—it's cruel. It's always selfish. It's always putting myself first. It's always putting others down. Not just putting myself first, like that. Sometimes, you just someone just has to take the first step. Sometimes, right? But it's saying, "Hey, I'm more important than you." Okay, that—that that is like a dangerous place to to be. Your sin always affects others. It is inflicting suffering on yourself and those around you. Okay sin is inflicting suffering on, on yourself and those around you. When you, when you choose to stop sinning, um, you take part in ending world suffering. When you choose to stop sinning, you take part in ending world suffering because outside of me, like from this guy, I'm not going to sin. I'm not going to, I'm not going to inflict suffering on people around me. That's pretty cool. Like that, that actually is like a really cool thing. And this is God's plan and agenda to end suffering. By giving us grace and the power to die to sin. Okay? That's like, that's God's plan, and we can take part in it. Okay? So, um, sin is calculated. It's cruel. It's corrosive. I said, sin ruins what is good, but even more truthfully, sin will dull all beauty in your life. Okay? The, sing, the This thing you said you had to have, it will ruin you slowly. You become... Um, more and more um, obsessed with with getting that job or getting that girl or or being seen this way or or whatever, right? And you think that's going to help you, but it's kind of like Sean said this the other day, quoting somebody, but I'll just say Sean said it. Like rust, you don't notice like something's rusty overnight, okay? Like it, it takes a while to build up, and then you can kind of like kick through like metal, you know. Um, or like when you're writing with chalk, you don't really realize, oh man, this chalk's getting shorter and shorter and shorter day by day. You just realize, hey, I need more chalk soon, right? Like it's corrosive. It's, it's slowly developing these things. You might not even notice this happening. Okay, man, when I was younger, I used to have like way more peace in my life or, Man, when I when I, like like even a few years ago, like right like my freshman year, man, I just used to be so much more joyful and and like kind, and now I'm just like react badly and everything freaks me out, right? Well, it's because like corrosively I've let my thoughts become what's most important. I've 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 like held on to this anxiety or I've held on to this um selfishness or I've held on to this um, greed or something in my life that it's, it's actually changed me. And typically you look back and see that it's changed, changed me for, uh, sorry, not typically, every single time you look back and you see that it's changed you for the worse. Right. And and it's like, man, I just, I just don't want to be like this anymore. It's like, well, Hey, like, how did you get here? Um, yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's always corrosive. Like it, it, like we said, sin leads to more sin, sin leads to worse. sin. it's a dangerous thing. Um, and then and then it's also continuous okay um, once you make sin a habit, it becomes a pattern. this is what you would call sin nature um, I was going to ask, but Marley already answered this question and she said, "You should go out party, get drunk okay so that means that Marley said that's a, that's an example of some a sin that you have stopped correct um I wasn't like you better say yes just like like all of us probably maybe have an example of that right okay hey here's a sin that I have stopped doing okay um so so the question would be what sin can you not stop doing okay like like there's no that's a trick question like there's no answer to that question um, you, you, you can't, you can no longer say like, um, like, oh, you know, if you're oh, sorry, officer, I was speeding, but I had to, right? Like, like that, that would never get you out of a ticket. And so because it's continuous, you, through, through the grace and power of God, you can stop doing this thing, but it's always going to lead to something else, something worse. Does that make sense? And it's going to become this habit. It's going to become, it's going to become kind of who I am. I feel like I'm just going of repeating that um and then ultimately it just leads to captivity okay it 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 says hey i am a slave to sin i am no longer a slave to god or righteousness um and that and that is a dangerous dangerous place to be um and there's only one way out of it okay so we're going to look at that you guys okay spicy enough was it spicy enough okay um what's like like starry are y'all starry people like Sprite? Okay. Like this is the Sprite part, okay? Like it was spicy, and now we're gonna get the Sprite, okay? Is that okay? y'all want more spice? I'll keep going. Old spice. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. McDonald's Sprite is elite. But at McDonald's is disgusting. I have to admit it. I do like it, but it is gross. Um okay. So that was all man's hypocritical problem, okay? All of those things. We have, we have to figure out what sin is. We have to believe rightly, understand what, like, the doctrine of sin is, okay? So the fourth part of, of God's problem is this. Do y'all remember them? The first one, I'll run through it real fast. God is in love with the death row inmate. That's the governmental. Man has misplaced God entirely. He hardly even knows what he's really like. That's the personal the one we just talked about, man's pride has become king so long that he has a completely wrong idea of himself, right? The mirror is messed up, okay? And then this is the fourth one. God, and this is, this is like, yeah, stay with me. Um, God has to ensure that man doesn't drift back into rebellion, okay? He has to ensure that. God has to provide a way to terminate man's affair with sin, okay? It's a motivational problem, God basically has to maintain the restored relationship. So if, so if he lets him off the hook or if he forgives him, he has to make sure that he doesn't go out and kill again. You know what I'm saying? Or something like that. He has to maintain the restored relationship by establishing a powerful sin deterrent barrier, okay? C.S. Lewis would put it this way. He says that God became man to turn creatures into sons for mere improvement is no redemption, okay? Okay just for you to be a little less grumpy in the morning is not, is not what we're talking about, okay? That is not redemption. We're talking about what, what um, E. Stanley Jones says, God did not come to make bad men good. He came to make dead men live, right? This is a complete overhaul. This isn't, I'm a little, like I don't cuss as much as I used to. I don't drink as much as I used to. This is like everything about me is completely different. I'm a new person, right? Um, so, this is, this is really cool. Um, God, God, so those are his problems, okay? And and this, he has an answer to these things, okay? And this is my question. God's answer if it was if it was me and I kind of asked us all, hey, what do you think would be, would would help him with this problem? You can't sacrifice enough to make God happy, okay? you can't um, cut enough stuff out of your life and, 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 and to make God happy. you can't burn enough stuff. You can't cut yourself enough to make him happy. You can't start doing all these things and then I'm going to make God happy. You're not going to stop doing all these things and then I'm going to make God happy. Okay. Like that is not actually what God wants. Um, that, and that's, that's kind of, I wish it, sometimes that seems like it would be easier that way. Like, oh, okay. I'll just get rid of all these things. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then he'll be happy. Right? No. Because God isn't just concerned with your behavior, okay? You could be very, listen to everything I just said. Okay, I got to stop this. I got to start that. Almost like a New Year's resolution. Um, and, and, that, and that actually isn't going to be the thing that makes God happy, okay? Um, the real, the real living God, this is what he desires. This is his, his hope for all these problems, okay? Are you all ready? It's reconciliation, okay? It's reconciliation. If, if, you know, if I were to deal with this problem or if I went to my friends and I said, hey, um, Micah, I have all these problems. I have these four problems. Can you help me? Most likely, anybody here would be like, hey, that is a toxic relationship. And you need to, like cut that out, right? Like, I, me and God's relationship as a sinner, like, is toxic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, I am not treating him well. I am not, like, he's not getting what he deserves, right? Um, but that, but that actually is not God's way. And that, and that, I think, is, like, the most beautiful thing about this is that he doesn't push you away. He actually wants to bring you near. And that, that's kind of unfair, Um, that's kind of not right. That's kind of odd, right? But a holy life is the answer. Reconciliation through a holy life is the answer. God is good. He is, he is goodness, right? We talked about he's love. He's hate. He's goodness. Um, (laughs) he's the one who establishes what is good and what is bad. Okay. Um, it seems like a lot more people are more interested in being treading water than being a lifeguard, but God actually wants us to all be um, like officers in, in his like rescue mission, okay? And he wants us to be his son. He wants us to be his daughter. He wants us to be his child that he loves and all these different things. And he doesn't need four different solutions to those problems, okay? He doesn't need four. Each one of those doesn't have like one solution each. He just has one. Um, and, it, and it has been and it will always be enough for him. Okay? Sometimes we want it to be something else for us. Does that make sense? Like like we want it to be sacrifice. We want it to be I'll make you happy. We want it to be this, this, this. Um, But the problem is we either don't understand, we don't believe it, or we don't accept it. Uh, It seems too easy. Um, It seems to be simple and ineffective. It seems like God has kind of like made this something that I don't want it to be, right? Um, But when we look at this thing, like reconciliation, the answer the way we do that is through what what God would call the atonement. Um, And this is is very, very, very um, important. And it's the only thing in the world that both upholds the justice of God and doesn't tarnish that and upholds the mercy and love of God. Okay? So he doesn't just become this, like, radical punisher, and he also doesn't become this, like, pushover, um, wimpy, you know, come to me kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's both. And the atonement is, is just what we've been talking about, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is how he solved these four problems. Um, it provides, and this is, this is how he provides freedom. So when we talk about sin, Jesus, you call his name Jesus for he'll save his people from their sins, right? How does he do that? Through the atonement, right? Does that make sense? that makes sense. Okay. So, almost done. Um what does the atonement provide freedom from? Uh very easy to remember this. Uh p p p power, okay? It pro- it provides freedom from the power of sin, okay? Romans chapter 6 If you can remember Romans chapter 6, you'll get the answer to this, okay? because it's Romans chapter 6, verse 6, 12, and 14. Verse 6 says, Knowing this, Sorry, I'll just read 5. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, so the atonement. Certainly we also shall be the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, and that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Okay, so the power of sin is is, um, gone. And then in verse 12, it says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it and its lusts. And then verse 14 says, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. This is what Jesus' death provides for us. It provides freedom from the power of sin. Um, PPP, okay, power, practice, um, practice, so, so sin is no longer my master. Also practice freedom from that means that I, hey I don't have to sin every day uh, I don't have to go out and sin tonight I don't have to go out and sin tomorrow. Uh, practice in 1 Corinthians chapter six nine through eleven it looks like a lot, but these TVs a little. Uh, do you not know that their unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators nor idolaters nor adulterers nor homosexuals, nor sodomites nor thieves covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God, and he says this, he says, and such were some of you, such were some of us, right, if there's something on that list that you've done, that you haven't done, (laughs) um, like, if you don't see yourself on that list somewhere, like, there's other lists in the Bible that you'll probably find your list on. Okay, like, you'll, you'll be like, oh, oh, yeah, I don't inherit the kingdom of God. Um, and such were some of you but, you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, that you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Through Jesus' death, through his blood, such were some of you. These are things that you don't have to do anymore. You can have freedom from the practice, the power of sin, the practice of sin, and then finally, the penalty of sin. Um, just throw that Matthew verse up. Um, Matthew chapter 25 says, and and these will go into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. So you can have one or the other. Okay, you could be dead to sin or dead in sin. Um, yeah. So So the atonement provides... Freedom from the power, practice, and penalty of sin, and and the way that we can do this is is just through repentance. Um, it's our part. It's our cooperation with God. That says, hey, I see these things, right? I see these things. What he's talking about. Hey, you know what? I wish he wasn't right, but he's onto something. Um, and and hey, I actually want I want freedom from this. So th- so the bad news is, hey, I'm here right like like this is where i'm at like this is who i am right now but the good news is i don't have to stay here god does love you wherever you're at but he loves you too much for you to stay that way and and he provides the atonement he's provided his death he's provided his blood to cover these things if you want it and like i said at the beginning some some here um need this like some some all of us need this some here the first step is to, is to accept this atonement, is to say, hey, what is this all about? How can I get this? I want these things. Like, this sounds pretty hopeful to me. Some of us say, okay, hey, um, I've, I've had this done before, and, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm walking this out. What's my next step? Like, God, can you show me how to be more like you? Can you show me how you're going to take, take me further and further into a holy life? And then the third one is um, some of us, yeah, like I said, learning this, taking it seriously, and teaching this to other people. And some of us are in, are in one, two, three different ones, right? Does that make sense? Um, so that's, that's kind of what I want for tonight. My, my ultimate hope, my ultimate prayer is that, is that there would be hope moving out of this, that it wouldn't just be like, hey, you are this forever, you know, because that's, that's not the truth. The truth is, hey, you might be here right now, but God actually wants to be friends with you, and he wants you to love him, and he wants you to love him back, back the way that, that he wants. So um, we're done f- with this part. Sean's going to come up and help me um, with Q&R, and, and then we'll be done. We'll probably do – yeah. Yeah, Tommy's going to Tommy's be the YouTube guy.
1: Trusty Tommy. If you have a question, oh, can you turn me down? If you have a question, just flag Tommy. Mark's got a question.
2: Hello, hello. Um, Okay, so you said that we're all born with the ability to serve God. Can you explain that a little bit further? Because I'm kind of confused on how that, like, so from my experience, none of us are born with the ability to do anything. We all learn that through growing up. And I believe that the ability to serve God is learned through reading Scripture and, you know, getting into a community and all that. And I just feel like having the ability to serve God at birth doesn't really seem, like, plausible to me. Is there any way you can explain that a little bit further?
0: Yeah. Yeah. uh, I I mean, as you grow... Um, the mo- The more ability you have you're not going to be a one month old infant being a missionary. I, I know that 's not what you're asking, but but even even in in the Gospel of Luke, it says that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man and I think as we grow um, we have the ability to either be um I guess you could like kind of look at it one or- one or two ways like like you're born morally neutral or morally maybe good. Um, and, and so like that, that could kind of get worked out of you, if, you live, if you're brought up in a place that your parents are teaching you to lie or teaching you to be selfish or greedy or something like that. But even I think you would have problems with that. Like if your mom was telling you, hey, it's okay, just like steal this thing real quick. Like, I think even a little kid would probably feel guilty um, in, that, in that situation. Does that make sense? Like, that's kind of more what I'm saying. Not as much like you will be ministering to people as a child. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay, cool.
3: Would you say that saying you have the potential would be better than saying, Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, capacity is another word, and so I, I think what it's what we're getting at with this is specifically if you do not even have the capacity to obey God just by nature of your birth, then then it does become on on um, God's part to say, hey, how is this fair? If I wasn't even able to have the capacity, the ability, the the possibility whatever i mean i know they're not totally interchangeable but really what it comes down to is are you born already condemned right and so if sin is a substance truly and it's inherited then then a day old baby i mean andreas is well he's somewhere around here i don't know where he's at uh he's somewhere around here maybe or he might have left but he's like 2 months old like if if sin is inherited then then the day he was born he was already condemned before God's sight. He was sinful. It, it doesn't, right? And that usually kind of, we don't like that. We push back against that. Go Well, he didn't do anything. And that, that's what we're getting at is he didn't do anything. That morality and, and our state tends to be on the choices we make. Is it, is it if it's just a substance that actually, it, it's funny because people want it to be a substance so they can go, hey, I mean, I can't help it. But then when you say, well, then that baby is like, well, they didn't do anything. It's like, you can't have both. It, it, it's either something that's inherited and they are sinful in the sight of God simply by right of birth. Or sin is not a substance and it's actually those, what it is. It's cruel. It's calculated. It's chosen. Right? Um, and so, yeah, that's, I, I, does
2: that kind of help clear up some of that? Like what we mean why when we say sin is not a substance? Yeah, that makes sense, but I'd probably just like come back at it with like, if you can imagine people in like third world countries that don't even have like the ability to hear about the gospels, would you say that is like the same for them if they, like they have the capacity to learn about God, but they don't have the resources that they need to actually learn about Him, because maybe it's censored in their location? Yeah, so the Bible says uh, in Romans one nineteen through 20, that
1: all have seen God through creation and no one is without excuse. Right, so, creation attests to the glory of God, and, and there's something in us that goes, I know that there is something beyond when I look at creation. And then, Romans 2 16, 17, right around there, Paul says that the law of God is written on the heart of men, and that even unbelievers are convicted, by, are, are condemned by the law that God has written in their heart. Um, and so, there are two standards at least that God says, hey, it doesn't matter if you've never heard about Jesus. You know that God is real, and you know that there is a right and a wrong that is beyond any, any culturally taught thing, right? And so that's why I say, I mean, these children, like, you can tell – a child may not think, like, oh, I'm going to go steal, but they always feel horrible when they get caught, right? Like, because they know it was wrong, and there's something in them that doesn't even have to be – I mean we as a parent you want to teach your child what's not what's right and wrong right but there is there are things that God has written on the heart of man regardless of whether they know Jesus or not and so th- that would be another thing but but ultimately the standard for salvation and the standard for damnation or going to hell are not are not whether you know Jesus one is whether you know Jesus salvation but but sin the standard of sin is not whether you know Jesus or not and so People in the third world country, that is actually why we need to go. We need to bring them the message of Jesus because they're going to die in their sin. And when they get before God, they can't say, well, I didn't know about Jesus. Well, yeah, that, I mean, that's true, but you did know about your sin and you lived in it and you were okay with it. And so that's a hard truth, but it should compel us to, uh, to say, hey, I'm not, I'm not going to stay on my cushy couch. I'm going to go where there are people that don't know Jesus. Nathan's got a question. So,
4: okay, that's loud. Can I just do this?
1: (laughs) No, just talking to it.
4: Okay, this is weird. Um, So, if it's not a substance, uh, like, I know, because, so in Ezekiel 18, like you were talking about, Charles, the first guy I think is righteous, and then his son is, like, sinful and wicked. So if it's not a substance, it's. I agree with all of these things, but where does it actually come from?
1: Where
0: does what come from? It's like, sin. where does sin come from? Mm. Yeah, I think I think it's a I think it's a created thing. I think I think when I make a selfish choice, um, I, I make it in a sense. I don't think it's like I get it and then I kind of like wield it against you. But I think when I when I act a certain way, hey, you made me mad. I'm gonna retaliate a certain way, right? And I'm and I'm gonna sin in it, right? Whatever that means, like vengeance, or putting you down, or something like that. It wasn't there to begin with, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's not like, oh man, there's this, I have that, like, and I, and I think it's important to keep remembering, like, there's an influence. I've seen what it looks like, oh man, I'd like to get back at Nathan, and how? here's how I'm gonna do it, because I've watched this movie, I've heard this song, I've seen this thing. And so that's influencing me, but each time that I do it, it's a it's my personal responsibility. I think it's I think it really is a creative act to sin, um, both against you and then ultimately to sin against God. Does that make sense?
4: Yeah, but I guess like with the guy in Ezekiel, like his, if I'm fairly sure that his father was the one who's righteous, like where would he? I know you talked about Adam being, like he's the one who set this up for all of us to be like, oh well, this is you know an option. But I mean, the guy in Ezekiel. I, would he have known that was an option if he grew up watching his father, who was a righteous man? Like, where? Yeah, he can create it, but he. I, how would he have even begun to thought to create it? Where Where is it if it's not nature and substance or anything like that?
0: Like, so if it, it still could be a suggestion, or sorry, not a, like the suggestion is a sin, but it could still still be suggested to him hey, this would actually be better for me to do for my own gain, right? Like, like I could do this thing for my own gain, or I could not. Even, even Adam, like he was tempted to do something, but he didn't have to do it. And so he was the one who kind of created the thing. The guy in Ezekiel kind of maybe the same thing where he has this standard. He has this precedent throughout culture, nature, you know, whatever. Not nature, but like, like society, culture, all that type of thing where he says, hey, this is the right way to do things. This would be like a honest thing to do, or this would be a dishonest thing to do. I can choose one or the other. And when he chooses to do this honest thing, that's the creation part of it. Um, it wasn't like, okay, hey, he was destined to do this. This is just exactly what he was going to pick the whole time. But he he had the choice in front of him w- which way he was going to react. and I, I think that's probably where it would most likely come from. You say yeah,
1: so. I would say one thing we have to be careful of is not to isolate, like the only influence wasn't wasn't his dad, right? And so I know you could go, oh, well, the, the Bible doesn't say that. But here's a question. Who was the first person to sin in the Bible? No, no, no. Satan. The devil was the first person to sin, okay? He knew what was right, and he chose to do wrong. He's the one who tempts them, right? And so I say that because it's for real, right? So we won't, like... Understand when we say sin is not a suggestion, what we're saying is temptation is not the sin. But there is no, like, the only one influence on my life. And I I understand now I've got a two-year-old. She has gigantic emotions and no way to express them. It would be really easy just to be, go, man, she's just a little sinner running around. She just has gigantic emotions and has no way to explain them. Like, she's not sinning. Now, she might do something that appears to be sin because I'm going like, what the heck? Why did you just disobey me? It's like, well, I mean, (laughs) she doesn't even understand the concepts of obedience and disobedience right now. So we just have to be mindful. There are more influences going on than we recognize a lot of times. And we want to sometimes isolate and go, this one thing is the only thing. and, And it's just not true, right? Even going to that reality of the devil was the first one to sin. And and he really does want to destroy. And I think it brings him joy to whisper in our ears and to say, you should do that, right? And so with with the, the son and the father, right, you go back and forth. That, to me, actually is pretty compelling evidence that, okay, there are forces beyond. Even, you could have the greatest father in the world and still end up horrible. There's a really cool per, per, procession of kings, and it's like, right around where like Hezekiah, Uzziah, Josiah, a bunch of those guys, you can see it's like five generations. You have, and they're all fathers that are, sorry, kings of Judah um, in, in the book of second Kings. And you have like a righteous father who has a wicked son, a wicked son who has a wicked son, a wicked son who has a righteous son, a righteous son who has a righteous son. And you actually see all four combinations in five straight generations. It's pretty wild to see but again, it, it's not, you're not totally dependent on who came before you. It, it is your choice. It's how you're going to respond to God, and, and that is really what we want to get to. And so um, it's a moral responsibility. So what is sin? Where does it come from? I really do believe it comes from our choice. Now, some people go, well, then God's at fault because he gave us free choice. And I think that's a little silly, but we can dive into that if we need to. It's
0: cool, uh, I was just thinking about when you were saying that, like, if the, you know, let's say Lucifer was the, the, was the one who sinned first, then that also would mean, so Adam's funny, because it's just Adam and Eve, there's no other, like, examples, but you could also say that there were, like, other beings or whatever um, that chose to, to not sin, and so I still, yeah, I think it is, like, creative, because he's the one who was, like, it came from him, it was like, hey, I could do this, or I could do this, I'm going to choose against God, and all these other ones had chosen, for, had chosen for God, which is kind of, like, different than thinking about Adam and Eve, because, like, well, Adam was the first. He's, like, the only guy. And so it's kind of hard to see if, like, other people would have chosen differently. So I, don't know, I, just, I just thought about that.
3: Uh, so I guess my question is, uh, how much should you feel responsible for other people's choices? Like, I mean, everyone sort of influences the people around them and gets taken out of context, like things you say, things you post. Um, do you think there's a certain responsibility? I mean, this mostly is for celebrities who are saying a ton of things. Yeah. Like if you you're a bench appear and you say something and then someone uh, attacks a pizza joint because they're angry, like how much should you feel responsible? Those are still people there who have their own free choice, but at the same time, we're an influence for... The, those around us, I guess?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, there's no, like, easy, like, 36 yeah. percent. Yeah, there's no, like, all right, when I get to heaven, it's only every single thing I did, but, I mean, there, so I think about when God gives standards for Leaders in the church, right? Um, and there's it, twice where he gives a standard, and he says the same thing twice. And I think it, I think it applies beyond just being a leader. I think this is probably a good practice for anyone who says they're a Christian. And he says, "Live a life above reproach," which means live a life where people can't even say, "Hey, you're doing that." And so that that is kind of a hard um, thing to navigate. And I think you can. Romans 14 talks about like there are certain things you can kind of navigate, and it's like, hey, for this brother, for this member this is okay for this one it's not um i personally tend to lean on trying to be a little bit on the like uh not better safe than sorry but i i do understand that my words have weight i understand that uh for lack of better words the position that i have is going to influence people more than than maybe what i want or you know, I, I don't want someone to go, I mean, I've had people go, oh, Sean said this, and I'm like, I did not say that, you know, and I'm like, oh, like, please stop telling people, and then people are like, oh, man, Sean said that, that's great, I'm like, no, stop, like, I didn't say that, um, and and they're well-meaning, right, but and you're right, there are some of those things that just, they, they, they I mean, snowball, and they get out of your control, um, but there is there is this reality where God, to the best of my ability, I am going to do this in a, a, an above-reproach, with right motives. And there are just going to be times where things, they are out of your control. You can't, right? And I was like, I was talking to Heather the other day, and I was like, man, like, the hardest thing sometimes with discipleship is there's no amount of I can't make someone do something. I just can't. I, I, I am responsible though. So if Tommy's being stupid. If I know that he's doing something stupid and I don't call him out, the Bible actually says that I will be held guilty. I knew that he was sinning and I did not call him to repentance. Then, yeah, like what I said or didn't say. The Bible also says, you know, like not to speak unkind words, not to gossip. And if I'm doing those things, then sure, like what I said might actually affect. If I'm going around gossiping about Tommy to everyone, okay, like what I said is actually going to be. And it, and it hurts him and something bad happens. That will be on me. But if I really am like, okay, Lord, I'm going to do all that I can to live a life of approach, to be honest, to be to be genuine, to not do this in a sinful manner, and things still don't go well, I mean, there will be a day where I stand before God. But I, I really do believe, okay, God, before you, you, you you know my heart. You've seen it. And I've had some of the situations where, there, I mean, it's heart-wrenching. Like, did I do the right thing? Did I... And I have to just walk in, okay, Jesus, I've asked you, and I believe you're affirming me this. I can't control what happened after that. And that, that's hard. And so it's, it, the really easy way out is to be like, that's their decision. Like, and you kind of gives you a license to be a jerk. Don't do that, right? Like we really do want to seek the Lord. And, and I want to do this how he would do it. But Jesus did a lot of things the right way. I think he did everything the right way. And people still went off the deep and went crazy, tried to kill him, tried to throw him off a cliff. Like, who's to say that's not gonna happen to us? So, yeah, does that make sense? Cool. Who raised their hand? Oh, nice. Hi, I'm the problem, it's me. Name that song.
3: Okay, I have a question, and I'm sorry if you've already answered it, because um, that means I wasn't paying enough attention. Okay, so I'm trying to think of like a good way to phrase this. So you say sin is not a substance, that it is a choice that we make. And so, my question to you then is why would Adam's sin then matter? Because, from the way I've understood it, is that when Adam sinned from then on out, he cursed humanity, that from then on out, we would inherit that sin nature and we would then sin under compulsion. It would be our natural bent to sin because we were born spiritually dead. And then when we are saved, we are spiritually reborn, enter into a new life. And now that Holy Spirit's power gives us a new compulsion towards righteousness, towards making those healthy decisions towards obedience. Um, So I guess, yeah, my question to you is that why does Adam's sin matter if it's not a substance? Yes.
1: Great question.
0: Yeah, I think, um, well, I mean, I think it matters because, like, for him, because it was disobedience to God, and so it separated him from God. He walked with him every day. He talked with him every day. He he stood in front of him naked and unashamed, and then after that, because he sinned, he broke relationship. He was no longer, I guess, you. I don't know if it's true to be, like, conciled to something, but, like... He, uh, he didn't need to be reconciled to God before he sinned. And then after that, I think your question, would your question be more like, why does it matter to us that he sinned? Okay. Um, or, or why is it a big deal? If, if it was Adam's sin that makes me guilty, then God's holding the wrong person accountable. He sinned, not me, because I couldn't help it. And if God's going to send me to hell for Adam, well, then, and because I'm dead in the sin that Adam did, well, then everybody since then, literally everyone ever except Adam, has, has not had freedom to be uh, reconciled to God. Does that make sense? Um, and so, so for us, I think it matters in, in the way that I may have said, maybe maybe kind of flew over it, but basically, like, he showed us he was a bad example for us. But his sin does not inherently live inside of me and make me guilty towards God. I think. I think even in Romans it talks about. Um, it talks about Adam's sin producing death in us, and yes, that's true. And there's two ways to think about it. Um, one way would be spiritual death, which is what you're talking about, which is a very um, People say that okay, like like people say that. I, I don't see it in the Bible, um, but the other way that you could think of it is death, spiritual death, and that's God's grace towards Adam to say, hey, you are no longer reconciled to me. You're a sinner, and now you're not actually going to live forever in your sin. I'm going to give you an opportunity now to have physical death, so that you can so that you can actually die and not be this like, if sin leads to to more sin and sin leads to worse sin, Adam would become like this disgusting horrific being that was like not even looking like what he looked at at the beginning because he had just sinned for thousands, millions, whatever of years, but he actually gave him the grace to die spiritually. Excuse me. That's not true. He gave him the, the, the the grace to die physically so that there would be hope, you know, if, if he lived in, in accordance to, to what, what we're talking about and got right with God in a sense then he could um, forever spiritually live with God and be reconciled to him, but not physically. And so I think that take on specifically in Romans chapter 5, it, however you interpret it, um, and, and Sean talked about a couple weeks ago, like, like putting scripture against more scripture, not just reading that word and being like, this is what this means. But, but you could say, hey, this is either spiritual death or this is physical death, and I would lean way more towards and I think the rest of the Bible would lean way more towards it, meaning physical death than spiritual death. Does that make sense? Cool.
1: Yeah, very quickly. Really I'll, good question. And yeah. Go. Uh, I heard this recently, and I was super challenged by it. And uh, it was, I mean, kind of in line with this, the curse. The curse is from Genesis 3, right? And, and he just said, I don't want to add to the Bible what it's not saying. Mm-hmm. And so the curse for the woman... Make childbearing very severe, painful labor. Desire will be for your husband. To Adam, he said, um, "Curses the ground because of you. Painful toil, you'll eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. You will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. From dust you are, and to dust you will return. That's the whole curse, right? So Eve's curse has to do with childbearing and her relationship with her husband. Adam's curse is To work the land, right? To, to toil, to sweat, and to die physically, right? Again, so going with that. And I think something crazy is that even in a curse of God, there's uh, a, a, a gentleness and a kindness. And so it's actually crazy. Once Adam sinned, once that became, oh, I can do this, I didn't trust God, right? Something, something was off. God said, no longer are we in the presence together walking. But God also, the curse was to work, right? And, I mean, how many people do you know that they live for Friday and Saturday night? That is what they are living for. And praise God, they have to go to class or go to work so they don't get to do that seven days a week. Yeah. Like, it's actually some work, yes. Oh, I hate going to work. Mondays are the worst. But if you had seven days to do whatever you wanted, I mean, this world would be i can't t- i 'm probably not seven times worse, probably infinitely worse, if people had the freedom to sin all day long, and so even in the curse, there is something and so just with the spiritual death, with the with the oh, this that Adam inherited and we get it, the curse of God he said it right here he 's speaking all those things aren't in there, and so we just need to be careful yes, we can look at other scripture and kind of come back and, and test it against itself, but Recognize that sometimes a lot of a lot of people have put in philosophical approaches to well, if this then, this, then this, then this, then this, then this, that was really what was there, even though God didn't say that. And so does that make sense? Cool. We should do one more question. Yeah, one more. One more question. We'll do one. We'll no. Hey, oh wait, before you do that, if you have other questions, just come find us or ask your small group leader, okay? Is that a good thing? If you're a smarter reader, ask yourself. I'm just kidding. Uh, ask someone. But yes, go ahead. Go ahead.
4: Hey, so I kind of used an analogy to hopefully, like, clarify my question. But I was just wondering, like, how does judgment work on the day of judgment? Like, the moment we die, are we judged based on where our heart, mind, and soul were with um, our relationship with the Lord at the present time? And if we, like, repented of any sins we had before our death, like a car that just got washed? or are we judged based on the past dirt that was washed away in the metaphorical car wash by the blood of Christ?
1: So you're saying, are we judged for, like, like, if I died right now, am I judged based on this exact moment, or am I judged on, like, 12 years ago when I said, Jesus, I want you to be the king of my heart? Like... Are you kind of saying, is it, or is it something in them? Is that what you're asking?
4: Like, kind of like, are we judged just kind of like based on the entirety of our life despite the sins being washed away? Or like, yeah, just, mm-hmm. yeah, are we judged based on the sins despite them being washed away?
1: Well, you are asking a question that most people are, we don't know. Even Jesus is, you know, like, hey, at least in regards, to, I don't know what even that's going to look like, right? That day or when that day is going to come. Um, there are some things that Jesus uh, and the, and I mean I would still say Jesus because the book of Revelation is him talking to John, um, but there seems to be two two types of judgment. There's a judgment for believers and a judgment for unbelievers, um, and so as far as I understand from Scripture, the judgment of the unbeliever is what's called the Great White Throne, and it is I I I can't fathom how horrifying and sad it's going to be right and and that there's just going to be this revelation of god you were real and i had all these chances and i knew that i had these chances right um and you know at least for those who've had a chance to hear jesus for the unbeliever it's going to be horrifying to go man there was all these people who could have told me about this i still knew that i was a sinner and i loved my sin so i know i deserve this right um and then the Bible says there's weeping and gnashing of teeth and hell, and that is like weeping is like, I'm so sad, I could have changed, gnashing is the like, but screw you God, I loved my sin, right? And like, that's a horrible picture, and, and I don't want anyone on that. The, the judgment of the believers um, is where, jo- where God says he'll expose all things, and so sometimes sin doesn't get at least exposed in the sight of man, this side of eternity, um and so maybe there were things that yeah like what was i um i i don't believe salvation is if i punch charles right now i'm going to hell and then once i say i'm sorry then i'm going back to heaven like it's not this like super quick on and off thing the bible the, the bible says in second john that he who abides in sin and does not follow the word of god is is not uh, is like not right with god like that's when you like if you I am sinning and I keep sinning. I don't really care and I don't want to abide by the doctrines of God. At that point, you said, "I don't. Really, I. I know what's true. I know what I'm doing is wrong, and I don't care." That that is like, if you die in that state, then I don't think. I don't know if past good Jesus washing you, you kind of have shirked off the blood of Jesus and said, "I'm good." But if you're under that covering, there is going to be this reality of like, okay, hey, look the sins of your mind that no one else saw, God wants you to come into heaven with a clean slate. And so that's going to be exposed. I don't know if it will be embarrassing or if it's like, praise God, I'm free of this. And everyone, no one's coming into heaven with any baggage. And so it, that's as far as I understand judgment from, from how Jesus and, and the apostles explain it. So I don't know if you have anything to add to that. Um,
0: yeah, I, I don't have a ton of – I, I kind of – I don't want to share this. You can do one more. Um, I don't want to share it because it's just kind of like my thoughts. It's not backed by scripture, so I won't. But I do know, as I mentioned, that, that reconciliation is the goal. Mm-hmm. And, and I think when we say believer, unbeliever, that can kind of be like, oh, I'm in the club because I did this thing. You know, like I, I got the patch. But if I'm, if I'm reconciled to God, if he's my friend, and I love him and, 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 I, and we're like good then then I'm gonna be like, does that make sense? Like then 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 I'm gonna be okay. But if I'm like kind of unsure, like you should be sure that you're reconciled to God. It's not it's not gonna be a surprise to anybody if they're reconciled to God. I think it would be a surprise to to. I mean, even Jesus talks about many who will come to him and say, Hey, I'm not supposed to be at this one. I'm supposed to be at the other one. They'll be surprised that they're not in the. Like the one for believers. And I think that's a just takes humility to say, Am I reconciled to God? I feel weird. Okay, maybe maybe I need to get right with them.
1: Yeah, it's not worth betting your life on I hope I am. Like the Bible says you can have assurance in first John that you can know yeah, that's right. that you have eternal life. Not that you guess at it, it says yeah. you can know that you have eternal life. And that's worth finding out. Last question. Uh, hey. Hi. Hi.
2: <laughs> uh, so my question is basically like, at what point do you think God loses his patience with us? Because the Bible says that God is a God of perfect patience mm-hmm. um, and also says to approach the throne of grace and confidence. Yet we see Jesus lose his patience righteously mm-hmm. with both the Pharisees and his own disciples. Um, and we also see David in some of the Psalms begging God to not punish him, to not be angry or lose his patience with him.
0: Um I think he holds you to, he holds you accountable to what you know, and you know we say it simply knowledge equals responsibility um and and Jesus will not grow impatient with you if you are are earnestly seeking him um if you're earn- man i I really messed up today, and i feel i not just feel bad like i i am repentant jesus is not going to be like man again you know um but if but if you have like a hypocritical or like a religious spirit like oh bless god i just can't help it you know um then he's going to lose patience pretty quickly and i think the pharisees were the ones who he would probably lose patience with most quickly because they knew the most and and if you're here and you you know I don't even want to say that because you could be you could have grown up in church and 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 not really learned much, either because you didn't pay attention or um, whatever. But but if you are are walking with God and and you're truly like seeking Him, I don't think He's going to lose patience very quickly at all, um, if at all. And and ultimately, um, it doesn't seem like he's just he's just going to like all of a sudden the flip the switch is going to get flipped. Like he doesn't have a bad temper. It's gonna be like, Hey, I keep showing you this thing, you keep doing it. Stop. Hey. You know, like I was talking, it's uh like the Holy Spirit and in, 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 in he uses your conscience to do this. He he's speaking to you as you're making these decisions versus you can you can quiet him though. And and I think I think he's kinda of like he's okay with that too. But it's not gonna be a quick thing. Does that make sense? Cool. I concur. Can you pray for us, Sean? Yep. Actually,
1: Tommy, can you pray for us? Oh. Hey, before he does, I just want to say, for real, if you guys have questions, like, ask your group bleeder, ask one of us, like, when you go to Kegler's or wherever you go, like, keep asking questions. This is a big deal, and... Yeah, don't walk out of here just going, okay, they said it, that's right. But, like, do what, like Charles said, the Bereans did. They went and they searched the scriptures and they came to the conclusion, yes, what Paul, the apostle, was saying was right, right? And so, we're not better than Paul. We can be, we can be challenged. We want you guys to do that. So,
2: take it away. Lord, thank you for tonight. Um, and just uh, the revelations that you gave to uh, Sean and Charles, Lord, and that they were able to share it with us. Um, and yeah, Lord, I just pray that as we leave tonight, uh, if there was, was any questions left un, unasked, that we would ask them, Lord, and, and that we would continue uh, to have just a uh, truth-seeking uh, spirit, Lord. Uh, we want to learn more about you and uh, your truth, Lord, uh, and we love you and praise you. In your name we pray. Amen.